Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. Wherever you're listening from, welcome. We pray that the truth from the Word of God speaks to your heart during today's message. Revelation chapter 22, verse number 17. The Bible says, And the Spirit and the bride say, Come, and let him that heareth say, Come. And let him that is a thirst come, and whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. The work of the Holy Spirit is this. The first thing we're going to look at tonight is wooing us, calling us to come. If there's no Holy Spirit calling us, then we kind of have to just kind of stop right there because we're not going to get saved. (laughs) It starts with God. God is the initiator. We can see that all through scripture. We can clearly see it. God sent his only begotten son. But he's the initiator. And so come, come, come. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. Come on, come on. You're thirsty, come, come. And then whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. It is available to whosoever will. Um, on that note, let's go to Acts 2. We're not going to do a deep dive here in Acts 2.38, but we're going to do, uh, we're going to take a little look at it. Acts 2.38, uh, verse 37, rather, we'll back it up. Now, when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent, and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift, here it is, of the Holy Ghost. Now we'll say this, baptism isn't the regeneration. Baptism follows the work of regeneration. It's a public testimony of something that generated inward and now we are testifying outwardly but an outward public display in water that's physical that people can see is an outward sign to testify that we were regenerated inside that nobody saw and can't see and so that's the public confession And in Acts 2.38, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, notice in verse 37, they were pricked in their heart. They heard, right? They were pricked in their heart. And now now they're asking questions, men and brethren, what shall we do? Nobody, the Holy Spirit doesn't trick anybody into getting saved. There's no trickery or sleight of hand. Come, you thirsty? Come, okay. There's a gift to be received, freely given. There's no trickery. There's no trickery. Um, Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter number 2. The second work of the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit quickens the sinner. Uh, Quicken means to make alive and to never die again. And verse number 1 says, and you. Hath he quickened? Well, who's you? 
who were dead in trespasses and sins, that be all of us, before we trusted Christ and were quickened by the Spirit. Wherein in time past, ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. We preached a little bit on that verse this morning, but the Holy Spirit, how it works, says, come, you thirsty, come, come. But also it will quicken the lost sinner. It will quicken that penitent sinner. Verse number three, among whom also we had our conversation in times past in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Our flesh uh, is the problem. We're trapped in this body of flesh, even as saved sinners. But God, verse 4, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, here it is, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace are you saved. The Holy Spirit is the quickening spirit. And it gives you regenerating life so that you never die again. And sometimes we define words, but we don't define them fully biblically. People say, well, quickening just means to make alive. Except some people teach that you can lose your salvation. But quickening really means to make alive so that you never die again. And if I never die again, guess what type of life I have stated all through Scripture? Guess what type of life you have stated all throughout Scripture? Everlasting life, eternal life. You cannot lose it. Our faith and trust is in the quickening spirit. Not our flesh after we're saved to be able to do the things we're supposed to do or not do the things we're not supposed to do. It's not like you get saved and then your flesh is on your side. <laughs> you get saved and your flesh is still your enemy. We still sin. We don't lose our salvation. We are quickened. Our spirit, our, our soul is quickened by the Holy Spirit of God. So it says come, quickens the sinner. Next one, go to John chapter 3. Third thing we'll look at is the Holy Spirit imparts new birth to the sinner. John chapter 3, we'll start reading in verse 5. Jesus answered to Nicodemus, he's talking to, you all know that. Verily, verily, verse 5, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. So if you just have your flesh, you have a problem. You just have your fleshly birth. And that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Your fleshly birth is a problem because it's void of the spirit. Marvel not that I say unto thee, ye must be born again. You need a heavenly doctor to give you a spiritual birth. Uh, Titus 3, uh, let's go, let's turn there and read that together. Do a bunch of flipping around tonight, that's good for us.
Titus chapter 3, verse number 5, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration. Here it is. And the renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. We were washed, we were regenerated, we were renewed. The Lord Jesus Christ, his Holy Spirit, gave us a spiritual birth, a new birth. And that's why it says you must be born again. It's inward. We already had an outward change. We already had an outward change. So there's the second birth. Sinner needs to know that the Holy Spirit of God is saying, come. The sinner needs to know that that Holy Spirit of God will quicken their soul. So they'll have everlasting life. And they need to also know they need a second birth. You must be born again. Let's go over to the book of John. Or stay in John. Let's go over to chapter 6. The fourth thing that the Holy Spirit does is draws. John chapter 6. And let's look at verse number 44. Uh, verse 43, we'll back it up. Jesus therefore answered and said unto them, Murmur not among yourselves, no man can come to me, period. Well, it's not a period. There's a comma with other words there. If there was a period there, we would have a major, major problem. If there was a period there, you could preach a doctrine that says it's only God's determinate counsel that some were determined to go to hell. Some were determined to go to heaven. And there's not a darn thing that either of us can do about it. But I don't believe that's what God teaches. He says, no man can come unto me, comma, except the father which hath sent me draw him and I will raise him up on the last days. Yes, man is totally depraved. He can't save himself. Man isn't totally depraved, defined as he has an absolute inability to receive the truth and respond to the truth. Man can respond to the truth, and God is still being glorified. God is still the initiator. And if man responded to God's truth and God was a liar, man would drop into hell. <laughs> it's not like man's response determines man's salvation. It's not like man's response to God's truth allows me to be able to save myself because I did something. No, Holy Spirit says, come, you're thirsty, come. Holy Spirit draws, the Holy Spirit will quicken, Holy Spirit wants to give you a second birth, and the Holy Spirit will draw you, and it says, no man can come unto me. None of you can come, except the Father has sent me draw him. And you know what he's doing? He's drawing sinners. You know what that sinner has to do? Receive him. Freely give him. We read earlier, Revelation 22, verse 17. Freely. The gift freely give. It's the drawing cause of the Holy Spirit. It's the cause for the turn. It's the attracting of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit says, come, quickens the sinner, imparts spiritual birth, draws 
also testifies. Go over to John chapter 15, please. John chapter 15. Holy Spirit testifies of Jesus Christ. Guess what we should be doing when we're out witnessing to the lost? You, you hear it giving you testimony, right? And it's, you know, we would say it's our personal testimony. But it's, and, and it is, I, I get that, but it really is our personal testimony, which is testifying of what Jesus Christ did. And, and so when we, when, we, when we go out and talk to sinners, we should be like the Holy Spirit and we should testify. If the Holy Spirit really, if we were in tune to it, we will be testifying of Christ, what Christ did. And uh, John chapter 15, look at verse 26. But when the Comforter is come, that's the Holy Spirit, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceedeth from the Father, here it is, he shall testify of me. And ye also, we talked about this, shall bear witness, because ye have been with me from the beginning. Now, do you see how that semicolon ties verse 26 and with verse 27? And it makes a complete sentence, and those truths are tied together. The Spirit will testify of Jesus Christ. And we should bear witness the same way. So when we talk about somebody, it's fine to answer questions. Well, where do you go to church? You know, all the same questions people ask you. What does your church believe about this? What do you, all that. It's great to answer those questions. But our spirits got to line up with the Holy Spirit. So that their spirit can hear the testimony of what Jesus Christ did for them. And so sometimes we get derailed on rabbit trails that are sometimes fun to go down. But we end up losing focus on the main reason why we're talking to the lost sinner in the first place. And you got to be careful. And I have to be careful that we don't walk away from a conversation. And, and a lot of times you only get one of these. You walk away from a conversation and you just convinced somebody on Tennessee Tech campus that evolution is lying and creation is real. Great. But you forgot to mention that Jesus Christ wants to save your soul. So you just converted someone into a creationist. Well, that can mean a lot of things. And that's a great step. Well, what does your church believe about end time? And I spend 25 minutes with them. Going through all the doctrines of post-trib, pre-trib, pre-rap, mid-trib, all of it. Everybody's tripped out. And nobody gets saved. We can argue about seven years or three and a half years. And you forgot about eternity. I'm not saying I don't want to have a position on it. I'm not saying we don't have a strong position on it. What I'm saying is... I would rather that man trust Jesus Christ as his Savior and get saved for eternity than me argue with him about a three-and-a-half-year difference or a seven-year difference. Now, those are fun arguments sometimes, but not when I'm dealing with a lost man. And I would submit to you, not when you're dealing with a lost man. We want to get him to Jesus. We don't want to get him to church. 
We want to get them in Christ. Part of the body of Christ. Okay. Uh, well, that leads us to John 16. Check this one out. I thought this tied in really, really nice. It's the next one. The Holy Spirit will testify of Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit will guide into truth. John 16. You all know this verse. Verse 13. Howbeit when he, the spirit of truth, is come. Then here it is. He will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself whatsoever. He shall hear. That shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me and he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. And he will guide you into all truth. That guiding is the directing. It's the ordering of the course of the way the thing's going to go. Um. What do blind people have a lot of times? They'll have a, a blind, a guide dog. And we're blind. And now we can see because we've got the Holy Spirit of us. And that is what will guide us. Okay? We're left to our own flesh. Well, um, look at what it says in Matthew 23. Just because there's blind guides. <laughs> Matthew 23. Matthew 23, verse 16. Woe unto you, ye blind guides, which say, Whosoever shall swear by the temple is nothing, but whoever shall swear by the gold of the temple, he is a debtor. Jesus, this whole woes, he's just slamming these Pharisees. Verse number 24, ye blind guides, he nails them again, which strain at a gnat and swallow a camel. So God warns about people that will blindly guide you astray. And let's be, let's be certain that we are being directed and ordered and guided by the Holy Spirit. He will guide you in all truth. So that means yes, God did give the body of Christ pastors and teachers. We see that. So I'm not saying one thing at the expense of another thing. What I'm saying is, the point I'm trying to make is, you don't need a preacher, a pope, a, an association of churches to guide you into truth. Now, I get it. The, I get it. that the, you know, God gave us pastors and teachers for the edifying of the saints. I get that. But you don't need me. And I don't need you. We've got the Holy Spirit to guide us. And if you're not in tune with the Holy Spirit, how are you going to know what I'm saying is true or not? If I'm not in tune with the Holy Spirit, how am I going to know what you're saying is true or not? If we stay in the Bible and we allow the Holy Spirit of God to work through all of us, we can grow and be guided in the right direction. And that's, amen, that's the way that it ought to be. It's the way God set it up. And we'll be better for it. Now we have two, oh, we'll just wrap up that thought, because we have two cliffs that we can do a dive off of. The cliff on the left says, well, I don't need anybody. I just have the Holy Spirit. Except the Holy Spirit told you you need other people. <laughs> 
It's why fellowship is important. It's why the gathering of the saints is important. And then other people go on the other cliff. Well, I'm just going, whatever the preacher said, I'm just going to do whatever he said. Well, no, don't do that. He's just the man. There's two cliffs we can dive off of. Let's just kind of try to get right in the center of God's will on this and understand both and balance them out. Right? So that's John 16. Um, verse 14. I think we read it. He shall glorify me. In John 16, verse number 14. John 16, 14. He shall glorify me. For he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. The Holy Spirit will show the things of Christ. Kind of a piggyback thought of what we spoke about earlier. And notice who is glorified. Not us. Jesus Christ. Son of man must be lifted up. People say, well, the Holy Spirit just led me. Except what they're doing isn't glorifying Christ. So how did the Holy Spirit lead you to do something that we probably have more verses to show you that God told you not to do? <laughs> People get this idea that if I just want to be emotional, I'll just blame it on the Holy Spirit. And that's not really it. The Holy Spirit testifies of Christ. The Holy Spirit guides us in all truth. So when we're not testifying of Christ, when our life is an exemplary and, and showing forth Christ and we're not giving him the glory and we're not testifying of him when we're witnessing, people can say the Holy Spirit gave you a word or the Holy Spirit guided you, but it's not the Holy Spirit of the Bible. You need to be careful that we just don't attach the Holy Spirit to stuff. I just felt led. Yeah, you felt led, but the Spirit didn't lead you to do that. <laughs> so we got to be careful. We should all be a little cautious when we hear, yeah, I just felt led to, okay. I mean, those things sell books, but they don't help the, they don't help the body of Christ. So let's be careful we don't say more than the Bible says. John chapter 16, uh, we are in verse number 8. Let's back up. Because the Holy Spirit also reproves. And when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. The blame is on the world and the fault is on the world. And if the Holy Spirit is going to reprove of sin, guess what we should be helping lost people to understand? That they're sinners. They have to know they're a sinner. They have to know that they are not righteous. And then finally, they have to know that judgment is coming because of their sin. Because they believe not of me. Verse number nine. And the Holy Spirit will manifest a sense of guilt in the heart of the sinner. That's the Holy Spirit reproving that sinner. Don't. If you start to see someone coming under some conviction of the Holy Spirit and it looks like they're feeling bad, let them feel bad. 
probably the Holy Spirit is reproving that heart. Stay there. Don't get on to, you know, well, how's the weather? And No, stay there. Our flesh is so, we don't want confrontation. We don't want anybody to cry. We don't want anybody to come under conviction. We don't want anybody to feel like they're bad. No, stay there. Let the Holy Spirit reprove that sinner the same way he reproved you. And you came under conviction. That's John 16, 8 through 11. You're taking notes. John 16, 8 through 11. The Holy Spirit reproves. Ephesians chapter 5 on that thought. Okay, Ephesians chapter number 5. Ephesians chapter 5, verse Number nine, I really, I tied this verse in. I really like this verse as a cross-reference. I think it really is fitting here. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. The Holy Spirit of God reproves the lost person's heart and convicts them of their sin and of their unrighteousness and that judgment's coming upon them and then after we have the indwelt holy spirit you know what we do don't have any fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness reprove them and then that cycle continues they get reproved hopefully they get saved you have that little that flow like we talked about this morning of the gospel Holy Spirit will reprove. First uh, Corinthians chapter six. First Corinthians chapter six, verse number eleven. Uh, let me see here. Let's start at verse nine because I think it'll uh, go in well. Good. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, or adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind. Nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. Okay, so everybody's out. <laughs> Pretty much covers everybody. Well, I've never fornicated. Yeah, but you coveted. Everybody. Now watch. And such were some of you, but ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus. And by the Spirit of our God. It's not in your name. It's not by your works. It's not in anything that you can do or by anything or, 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 or by any of the works that you've done. It's all Him. And He secures the sinner's justification, meaning you are declared. By God Almighty, righteous. It's a declaration of God's righteousness imputed to your account and to my account. Praise God. It's all on the merit and the account of Jesus Christ because we have no merit and now our account is bankrupt. Justified. In a court of law, 
they are going to want to determine if you have properly conformed to obedience to that law. And you stand before God as a criminal. He is the creator God, the judge of the universe. And you're going to stand guilty and condemn. And then Jesus Christ steps into the courtroom, as the brother said, as your. I've declared him righteous. Notes on the merit and the account of Jesus Christ. Just all, yeah. Hebrews ten twenty two. Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience. Our bodies washed with pure water. Praise his holy name. All right, last one. So the Holy Spirit reproves. The Holy Spirit secures you and my, and it secures our justification. It's a declaration from God. He declares us righteous. Last one we'll look at is produces sanctification. We saw it here, but you're sanctified. And First Corinthians, but let's turn over to Second Thessalonians. One and let's get First Peter one as well. We'll look at these last two. We will First Peter chapter one and Second Thessalonians chapter number two. We'll look at we'll stay in Second Thessalonians chapter number two first, and we'll do verse number twelve that they might that they all might be damned and believe not the truth, but have pleasure in unrighteousness. But we are bound to give thanks all the way to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit. And belief of the truth, whereunto he called you by our gospel to the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Loaded, 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 loaded verse. The working of the Holy Spirit of God in you is called sanctification. You receive the word of God. Now the Holy Spirit sets you apart so that you are fit to work for him. It's a sacred work. It's a pure work. It's a holy work. You're sanctified. God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the spirit and belief of the truth. Now get first Peter chapter number one. First Peter chapter number one. We'll start in verse number two. Elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father. Here it is again. Through sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ, grace unto you and peace be multiplied. No one is elected in this passage to go anywhere. You're elected unto something. You are to be something. You are to be sanctified. You are set apart. You are to, it says, unto obedience. 
Your election is unto obedience, not to go somewhere. And the consequences of accepting Jesus Christ is one of the greatest consequences that we can receive. We have eternal life. But so many of us think of eternal life as, okay, I get saved and now it's forward. Except the eternality of God goes both ways. And when I'm in Christ, I've got all the benefits in Christ going forward. I've got all the benefits of Christ going backwards. And that'll bring me all the way back to before. Why? Because I'm in Christ. People don't get that. You know how powerful that is? I'm not trapped in my body of flesh anymore. I am in somebody that will keep me, secure me, and I am elect now. Is Jesus Christ elect? Am I in him? Now I am part of the elect. I love my election. And I've got everything going forward, and I've got everything going backwards, because the eternality of Jesus Christ goes in both directions, and it ain't going to end in either way. When you trust Jesus Christ, you are placed into his body. You're one with Christ. We're one body. I know that seems weird. Especially if you have a brother or sister you don't like. <laughs> you have a Christian friend. You're not friends anymore. Just whatever. It seems weird when we think about it, but we're in Christ. All of us were part of his body. The Christians that are saved the same way that you and I are saved, putting our full faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. But they believe this different. They believe that different. They have an idea about this. They have an idea about that. Isn't it weird when you really think about it? Everybody's got their beliefs on all these different things. But if you truly, from a penitent heart, receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, that puts all of us, even the ones that are just, you know, we're all in the same body. Part of the Lord Jesus. So he reproves, he secures our justification, and he produces, the Holy Spirit will produce sanctification you should be set apart his word thank you for listening to the podcast ministry of pilgrim baptist church we look forward to seeing you in the next episode in the meantime you can sign up for our email newsletter at www.pilgrimbaptist.church